You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom. To go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ. To be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You were not made to make excuses. time for you to take extreme ownership for your life, for all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. Boom. My man, Dan Driver. <laughs> How we doing? Doing really well, Nathan. How are you doing? Good. It's great to great to record with you. You know, I've been trying to pin you down for the last three days. You've been ducking me, but you know, it's good to have you here at the table. <laughs> it's great to be at the table, as you say. Yeah, it's awesome. So um obviously you have uh accent I believe is Texan. Correct? It is Texan. East <laughs> Texas. East Texas. So far east that it crosses an ocean over to the United Kingdom. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So awesome, man. I would love to kind of just start with your general background and talk about your life story. Uh, I'm excited to record with you today. Um, obviously, you'll get into what you do for work now and what you are uh, you know, pursuing in life and ministry and, and those things. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Jeez. But I was excited to record with you. So I, I got to tell you this story. I've been waiting to tell you the story live because I want you to live react to it. Yes. Uh, I, was tell, I told my wife earlier when I was telling her about you um, in our recording today. But I was like, dude, we were, we were at this evangelical Catholic thing, which I'm like, Austin has scoffed at, right? Every yeah. time I talk to him. So the basic Catholic Austin, um, who I just recorded with yesterday, uh, scoffs every time I talk about going to the evangelical Catholic thing. I think he just hates the title, right? In and of yeah. itself, triggers him. So you were there at that, and I was like, this yes, dude's sir. a trad, obviously, because of what you do, and you'll talk about that. But you were there, and then I was like, I remember this moment vividly. We like opened in prayer, and um, Jason Simon, who was re- uh, leading us, opened in prayer, and I heard out of my left ear the man sitting next to me, who was Dan Driver, say, come Holy Spirit. And I was like, I didn't know <laughs> that trad <laughs> ever called upon the Holy Spirit in prayer, because that's one of my biggest criticisms, which I'm sure we'll get into um, and then not only, not only that, but then I liked you, you were a likable human being. And I was just like, dude, this guy is ruining my life. Like you are tearing down the stereotypes. And so it made me very grateful for mass of the ages to know that you're, uh, obviously a huge part of that. Um, but I do genuinely, eventually, after we talk about your story, that's one of the big things I want to talk about is how you managed to be a likable trad, uh, that praise to the Holy spirit that also like. Um, the other thing I really respected and we'll talk about is how much you're in the world and you strive to actually like encounter people who are secular and, and live and think very differently than you. All of those things, those three things are like your three big anomalies to me that I was like, I want to record a podcast with you. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, but anyways, take us back to, to little Dan being born in, let's call it the second best country in the world. The second best country in the world. Um, I, yeah, I grew up in near London in a little quaint village. My mother's Irish and Burmese and my mm-hmm. dad's English. Um, and my mom is very much like Irish Catholic background. So we went to mass as a kid. Um, but my dad is atheist or he says he's agnostic, but there's a certain point that not making a decision is a decision. Is a decision. You Absolutely. Know? And, but he's a great guy. Like, a, like talk about striving for excellence. This is yeah. a man who strove for excellence in his, his work. And he's, he's a sportsman. He's a rugby player. He still plays rugby to this day. He's 60-something. He's wow. had two hip operations. He still plays tackle rugby. He just can't give it up. Yeah, he can't give it up. And they still wow. run around, uh, <laughs> run rings around the young men that are our age. Like, wow. it's, it's incredible. Um, but yeah, like I drifted away from my faith cause our country is, 
like very secular, probably 20 years ahead in secularism wow. than the U.S. is. Like, and like every other young man, I wanted success, money, women, and I lived this rock and roll lifestyle probably for uh, five to six years. Ended up studying rock music, performance really? guitar, had dreadlocks, piercings. No way. Uh, yeah, all I that. See these photos. All, all that like good stuff. Um, at, and studied at the Academy of Contemporary Music. Two kind of fun little facts about that. I got to play on stage with Chad Smith of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I got wow. to perform uh, "Can't Stop." Uh, which you might know that song. Yeah. And he's playing drums, I'm playing guitar. <laughs> wow. And That's pretty crazy. Uh, the other fun story, which haunts me to this day, the singer of our band that we were uh, in together was invited into the business department at the performance school to meet with some summer school kid. There was this summer school kid who had come to rock school because he wasn't old enough to actually participate in okay. like, the full thing. And the business department were like, okay, here's this, here's this um, young ginger-haired kid who needs a band formed around him because he's writing songs. and um, He's pretty talented. Pretty talented. <laughs> and so, like, they met with him and came back. I was like, how was the meeting? Uh, what, what was it like? And he was like, oh, he's just some ginger-haired, like, little kid, 16-year-old, thinks he's all that. And we didn't accept the 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 project. Really? It's Ed Sheeran, so <laughs> he's now really famous. He made it, and he made it, yeah. and we didn't, as far as I can now tell. You're sitting over here talking to me. Yeah, I'm sitting over here talking to you. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a kind of a fun <laughs> little. Um, that's pretty crazy. A little little stories there. Um, but yeah, like I lived that life and I mean, getting to play on stage with Chad Smith, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, getting to release yeah. like a million copies of a song that I wrote in my country. Awesome. Like that's wild. Had all the women I wanted and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but there was like a, there was like a acknowledgement of just emptiness. Like I have all of these things, like I'm living like my favorite members in the band Incubus. I'm living like my favorite members in the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I have the things I want and I have a trajectory for what I want, but there's something inside that doesn't work. Something's not working. Right. Something doesn't satisfy. So I was super open to doing like a, a motorbike tour in South America and, 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 and getting like really into socialism there. Oh, wow. And at the same time, my brother invited me instead to Bosnia, which there's, there's a communist presence there. And, um, and just invited me to go to this little village called Medjugorje, which is a, um, it's a, like a Catholic pilgrimage place. Mm -hmm. And he, he was like, well, you can come, we'll pay for you. And, um, you can just leave and you can go and do your, you know, your drinking and, go meet women and go look at the culture and the history and socialism. Was your brother Islam. going for yeah, the pilgrimage? Yeah, for religious oh, wow. reasons. And he had been trying to like convince me to go for like weeks, months. Um, and yeah, so I went there and had this like life-changing experience, which this would take the whole podcast if we went into it. So we're not going to go into it. Okay. There is a podcast out there with a story. You could have just been cradle Catholic for all I knew. Yeah. 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 So this is all you're blowing my mind. Yeah. The first six minutes. So like, we'll do part two on the Medjugorje experience. Yeah. I mean, it was intense. I mean, it was enough to take a hedonistic guy who's doing coke and acid and different kinds of drugs and sleeping around and, had the women that he wanted and yeah. had the lifestyle that he wanted. It was enough to shake him out of that and get his, can I, can I say ass? We do, yeah, we, <laughs> this is a cursing friendly podcast, so yeah. <laughs> get his ass into uh, confession, or as we would say in Britain, get his arse into confession. Is that a curse word in Britain? Yeah. Arse? Well, arse, yeah. Is I mean, it bleeped out? Well, it's all relative in England because we, we, we would consider things that you consider curse words um, as not curse words. So anyway, 
That's the weeds. What, We're in the weeds. What is a curse? Can you just give us? This is a fun trivia time. What is a curse word in England that is not one here? Does that exist? No. We just have more than you. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. We're more sensitive. No, we to have. We yes, you have more, but we you we have a foul amount. Use the words. Yeah, yeah I yeah. see. We're like sailors. Everyone's a sailor in the UK, and it's just commonplace. It's like Peaky Blinders all the time. Peaky Blinders all the fucking <laughs> time. <laughs> Incredible. That's nice. That's very good. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you being consistent and continuing to represent uh, the UK on the podcast. Yeah. Not a lot of the guests curse. It, it kind of bothers me. I don't get upset by it, but um, one thing that I like, and, and I say this, like, I'm like, the reason why I curse on the podcast sometimes is because I curse in real life. Yeah. You know, like, I don't believe in, in trying to pre- yeah. present, like, yeah. a side of me that doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, especially, I think that's especially dangerous in the Catholic space because it can be, like, shocking to me. I've met in the last, like, two years. I mean, I grew up, I was Protestant. I converted at 13. And I've just met a lot of people at, like, events like this. Like, I never knew any of these people were all, like, distant heroes of mine or they're reading their books or listening to them on podcasts and things and it's just like you meet so many of them and they're so different i feel like in conversation not all of them but there's yeah. a, a hand you know some and you're just like shocked you're like wow you drop f-bombs and i would like never yeah. have guessed that you know it doesn't mean you have to curse all the time on the seat yeah. stage or whatever but I'm like there's gotta be sometimes where if you do curse like don't be that ashamed of it you know what i mean yeah uh, but you have your ogs who aren't afraid to do it um yeah. yeah, and I, I, Anyways, think, I think I think it's. I don't know how I got that. I no, no. I mean, we're in the weeds again, but I like the weeds, <laughs> so let's just swim around for a bit. Um, this is something I've wrestled with since becoming a Catholic. Because I mean, my my mouth before I was Catholic, yeah. like when at rock school, it was just anything goes. You know, the jokes yeah. we would say, right. the, the general conversation. I'm not. I'm not willing to repeat. Yeah, some stuff that's no, going I get on in my head. I was right in the now. army, and my army uh, language was got quite severe at sometimes it's it's so hard even even like post-conversion if you stay in that culture i don't know what you're i'm excited to hear the next phase of it but you might have experienced like how difficult it is if you stay in the culture and you're trying to not like how difficult like i mean it's just borderline impossible you know like i would do really well and at times like stop cursing or just kind of clean up my humor and all that kind of stuff but then deployment or like ranger school like times where i was just like in it and i couldn't leave the army culture there was no weekends there was no time yeah. off in the evenings it's tough yeah. to like remain like get out of that unscathed. Um, a friend of uh, mine had this quote of you know if you roll with the dogs you end up barking and it's like <laughs> <laughs> like it's so That's true good. that if you're surrounded by Absolutely. people that have a certain way of speaking you're gonna adopt their mannerisms. I mean, 100%. our listeners can probably hear that. Yeah, he's got a British accent, but maybe it sounds more tainted. It's Australian or it's New Zealand. Well, no, I've just lived in the states for. 13, 13 years. years now so it's just been affected by the people around right. me anyway back to the story back resume so, so crazy conversion yeah i get Basically my our lady get, get my butt to confession and like i'm in confession and i come out and it's just there's just i just knew in that moment i needed to change right and then That'd be a hell of a confession. Was that like a oh, scheduled time? Or did you no, well, so the, I, it, it, take up a full hour. It, it was like a youth festival. There was fifty thousand young people there. Oh wow! They were all like walking around, and there's confessions all day long. You just pick a priest and do it up. Yeah, and I was in there for like an hour or something. I had no filter, so I probably went into detail about things I shouldn't have. You know. Yeah, it was excessive. Um, it was excessive, but I probably needed to say it. Yeah. Um, it's powerful. It may, yeah, it makes the, the absolution even more, it made the absolution more powerful. And I'm not recommending that people do that, but, um, just the ability to be able to be received yeah. after saying all of that stuff, this is, detail. this is what I did yeah. and what, yeah, what I'm capable of, you know, I, th- I think too many people err on the side of not enough detail though. You know what I mean? I think it's very easy to err on the side of like, I'm not going to tell you anything that yeah. actually happened. <laughs> Why are you making me laugh? <laughs> well, Why not? Oh Let's my go. goodness. That's really funny. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying though? Like it's easy to go in and be like, oh, you know, like I felt, I, I struggled with sexual sin or I failed yep. in lust instead of even just saying I fell through masturbation, you know, yep. like to leave out, like some people are just, and I, I've done it. And I say some people, like I've been extremely vague in the past. You know what I mean? Like I've, you know, crossed the line with yeah. a woman, Yeah. you know, like yeah. failed in chastity with yeah. a woman, just like very, 
you know, vague and obviously there's, there's a, there, I think there's a middle where the virtue lies in, in confession yep. when it comes to that of like yeah. saying the number yeah, of I times mean, yeah, and saying the actual sin. And, and yeah. saying the number of times, like what you did. Nice. And there's a time and a place for both of it. And I, there is a tradition in the church of doing a general confession. So this is right. something that I do, re- I do recommend that anybody like looks into. And a general confession is just basically where you go back, even the sins you confessed in the past, you do an examination of conscience, which, you know, could take hours or a long time. retreat. And you just replay your whole life from, from your earliest sin that you can remember to the most current one. And you just rehash it in confession. You tell him that I've confessed all of these before, but I would like to have deeper. It's a scheduled thing for sure. Oh, it's a scheduled thing. Yeah. And, and so there's a, there's a place for that too. And anyway, come out yeah, of confession. My bad. I'm like, boom, this is it. You're this is fire. what I want. St. Paul. Um, well, St. Paul, Paul in zeal, but yeah. not in holiness. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I love that. I wanted it right. Desperately. But yeah, as you'll see, it didn't sort of play out how I, you know, needed it. And so, um, I knew then that like, wait, what Catholics believe is that the Eucharist is Jesus. Yeah. And I, I remember saying to the people there, I just came out of confession. They're applauding me, by the way, because the, I left them alone because they went off to mass. They came back. They heard I was in confession. They saw me come out of confession. They were gobsmacked because it was day one. That's got to be a British word. Uh, gobsmacked, yeah. Um, yeah, it just means flabbergasted. It's <laughs> good to say this version. <laughs> gobsmacked. <laughs> I was like, what the hell did you just say? Yeah, gobsmacked. Because oh, gob is man. your mouth in England. Oh, so okay. gobsmack would be like smacking your mouth, you know, like, oh, your, like your mouth open wide and your palm on your yeah, your, I see. your face. Gobsmack. That's there funny. You You're the first um, UK guest, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. UK born. Yeah. yeah. I was born and raised text, in the UK till 22. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like I remember saying to them, so this is the, this is what we believe, right? It's the Eucharist is Jesus. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well. Well, well, I just had confession so I can receive him, right? Yeah. Can I receive him? Well, we just went to the English Mass as a Polish Mass. I'm like, yeah, okay, there's a Polish Mass. It's still the same Jesus, right? <laughs> it still <laughs> like, works. It, does it still work? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Okay, well, I'm, can anyone come with me? Like, just don't mind me. To, me. Yeah, yeah give show me, me the ropes. Pressure. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, um, and so we went there and, you know, we did that. And the rest of the time in Medjugorje was awesome. I come back to the UK and everything had to turn around. Like I had made a commitment. How old were you at this point? 22. 22. I made a commitment to give up the drugs, give up the alcohol, give up the girlfriend. I was with a girl that was 10 years older than me and was an active stripper. Like, so like, <laughs> this was like the level of and like, she was not open to... Your new lifestyle, I think. Well, she, I, I remember like seeing her and saying, like, I, I love, I love you. Like, I've no, I haven't said that to you before, but like, I lo- and this is probably imprudent to say I love you, but what I meant by it was like, I agape you in the sense of like, I will your good. I caritas you. I benevolentia you. I, I want your good, so we can't be anymore. And I just like looked her in the eyes, and and she said, "I knew this was I knew this was going to happen when you were going to go on this trip." Really? Now let's just do a real quick story about her. She had she had um, a very difficult past, but this started a journey in her. She ended up being. Um, baptized on her 33rd birthday at the only time in the year in Denmark, her home country that they baptize people. Um, and that was, that was like a year later, but anyway, so I, so this is like, it's just, the Lord is just like doing stuff. (laughs) Going to work. So I, I give up all of these things and I turn down the business grant that I had for a music thing I was doing. I turned down, all my bands and I left rock school, I dropped out because I knew that if I stayed there, I'd just go like, go straight back. I knew I needed to be out of it. 
I go home, I take my mother in her hands, look her in the eyes, we both start crying. And it's just like tears. And I'm just trying to tell her, it, I have faith. And my dad, who's used to the tricks of the past, was just basically like, listen, son, if you're going to come back here, you need to pay off your debt. You need to get a job. You need to do, you need to do these things the right way. Um, and time will tell whether or not you, this is a, serious- a real thing or not. For you now, remember he's atheist, so he didn't have the same. My mum saw it in my face and was in tears because she, she, she moved and she yeah. she knew on some level, but there's a lot of pain. And so I got a job at a local vineyard, um, winery, making making wine and working in the field. And uh, it was coming up to the vintage, which is basically harvest time. It's coming up to harvest, and my I was reading at the time. Uh, the desert fathers of the church. Like I just, I just knew that like, okay, if, if this is true, I need to steep myself in the truth of it. Like, cause I've been told my whole life that truth doesn't exist, that it's relative, that it's my truth, that it's your truth. But what I experienced in Medjugorje is on, was undeniable and it's flipping everything on its head. And so like, I'm reading, I'm just like trying to just consume the church fathers, the desert fathers, I was like, I want to be a hermit. Like, Lord, I would be, I pray, Lord, I, I'm going to be a hermit. I'm, I shaved my head, got rid of my, got rid of my dreads, right? Uh, got rid of, burnt all of my like clothes of the past. And this is super radical. Like, uh, you know, like when you go to a festival, you'll get the little like wristband things. Yeah. I, I collected those. I like burnt all of those, burnt all the letters from ex-girlfriends. All of that stuff was just destroyed. And I just prayed, I want to be, I want to be hermit. Yeah. Like, and so, <laughs> so my boss comes to me and says, listen, Dan, vintage harvest time is coming up. I need you to be up at six. You need to be here at six in the morning. And you're going to leave at 11 PM at night as we're crushing grapes and making wine. Can you commit to that? I'm like, yeah, I think I can commit to that. He's like, no, but I really need you to be here. I know the kind of like life you lead. He didn't know that I had had a conversion. So he just knew me as Crazy Dan who would rock the, you know, Glastonbury Rock Festival. Amazing. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, yeah, he just knew me as the guy who... Um, would be crazy at music festivals and do a lot of drugs and sleep around. And so he wanted, he wanted to know that I would be committed. So he's like, yeah. So he, yeah, he's worried about your character. So he says, <laughs> Rightfully so. He's like, listen, look, if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to do this, there is an option and you probably don't want it, but right outside the back in the back vineyard next to the 14th century walled garden is a little um, camper van there. But, it's in the middle of nowhere and it's dark at night, but if you wanted, you could like stay in there and then just work the vineyard. And to me, like as That's soon as he said that, right it's my hermitage. I jumped up and down <laughs> with joy in that moment. And he went to me like a crazy guy. Yeah. And I like ended up living there for a year and a half. Like I invited yeah. priests to this place. And they, they brought the Blessed Sacrament. We had an adoration inside it. Really? Uh, they, they would process around it with me, blessing it. And I just, my, my daily schedule was wake up, break, like bake bread, do liturgy of the hours, but wake up to Gregorian chant, turn on my incense, like, <laughs> and then go to work for the day, come back, drink wine and, um, rinse, repeat and pray and study. Right. So I was just jumping into Athanasius. I was jumping into the church fathers. I was jumping into the history of the church and just trying to like, figure it all out and everything just confirmed that this is the truth. And I knew at that point that, okay, all right, I need, I need to do, I need to be more serious about this. And at that point I had, uh, got involved with the Franciscan friars of the renewal at some of the events they would hold for young people in London called youth 2000 and was going to there. So like they witnessed to me like this sort of like pseudo hermit, like in hermit in the world. Cause they, they had the contemplativeness of what I was re- reading in the desert fathers, this kind of radical, like sort of shedding off of the world. But then they were like right in the world, like serving people. So there was that, that just like made me say, okay, I want this. 
And at the same time, I had found the traditional Latin mass at a fraternity of St. Peter pa Parish in, uh, in Reading, my hometown where I was born. Thanks be to God. Um, and so I was going to that and bringing my family to it saying, listen, this is the real deal. Like, look at this. This is what, this is what the fathers, this is what you, our favorite saints were steeped in. Yeah. Like, look at the beauty. And as, as chance had it, like, um, with the Franciscan friars at a renewal, I ended up at a vocations retreat with them after having spent some time with them and my spiritual director, Father Emmanuel, um, he basically said to me, you need to check out as your next step, something like Franciscan University, Steubenville, or a thing called Net Ministries that's in the United States. I was like, well, I don't want any of that. I just want to be a friar. I don't want to... I don't have to go to Franciscan because that's like 100K that I'd yeah. have to drop on that. I don't have that money. And I don't, what's this net thing? I don't even know what you're talking about. Now, at this weekend, two other people that day said, go do net. Like there was some random American kid who was like, yeah, you should come do net. And I was like, you're just some American dude that wants me to do the thing that you've done. Like, shut up. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and Classic then, Americans. And then the, the main like, uh, vocations director for the CFRs at the time, Father Gabriel. I went in there and I was like, yeah, Father, I'm like just so ready for being a CFR. So uh, sign me up. Where, 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 where do I need to go? And he's like, you, nope, you're not ready. Nope, nope. Can you, nope, stop. Just stop talking. Really? Yeah, he was like, stop talking. You're not ready. You need to go do something like that. That's it. Oh, okay. Um, thanks, Father. So I walked out like... A dog with his head between his legs and tail between his legs. Um, sad, but I thought, okay, I can't deny that, like, the Lord is probably calling me to check out this net thing. So I took the plunge on that and came over and did a couple of years of ministry with net in the U.S. Now, net is a charismatic um, ministry, and uh, that did not, like sit well with me the charismatic side of things the, the sort of like praise and worship it just as a rock musician we would constantly make fun of christian rock music because of how like formulaic and bad it was like we never focused on the words we always focused on was that you music. who said the quote about christian rock the other day no it wasn't no it was someone else it was it was from the movie it's michael knowles michael oh knowles yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um it makes nor Christianity nor rock better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Christian rock. That's funny. That was Michael Knowles. Yeah. That's right. And so... I get you two confused all the time. <laughs> we just met, so... <laughs> like, um, so anyway, like, this, this was just like uh, a challenge, but there was an openness to me because... What they did at the net training was daily mass, daily adoration, daily confession, um, teachings on renewing your baptism, understanding what it means to be confirmed and living out your confirmation and what it means to be a son of God. Like that's your primary identity as a man is you are a son of God. As a woman, you are a daughter of God. Um, and like, that teaching was just so refreshing and the way that they had you do relational ministry where you're trying to bring people to Christ, but not in a pushy way. You're trying to walk with them and accompany them and then um, uh, look for opportunities for kind of grace to come in all in the context of praying the amount of prayer that you were, you were contracted to pray for half an hour of personal meditation every day. You're contracted to do that. If you don't do that, you're breaking your contract in that. You're contracted to look at the women on your team as like your sisters in Christ in the sense of they are daughters of God. You are sons of God. That makes you in a, in a weird way, like brothers and sisters in Christ. And there's a dignity that is given to that, mm -hmm. that she's not there for your pleasure or for your emotional stability. Like, She's your sister. She has, she has her own dignity and she has her own mission. Um, and while you're on that, her mission is not you and your mission is not her. <laughs> so like now this was, That's pretty good. Um, 
this was just very refreshing. So as the years went on, like uh, after a couple of years, you know, I, I, I didn't get to attend the traditional Latin mass as much as I wanted to. Um, and that kind of culminated in. Uh, so what, what are the net years in like when, when AD? Did, yeah. In AD. <laughs> <laughs> um, 20, 2009 okay. is when I came over. So I was 24 when I came over. I was after spending time on the vineyard. Um, and so by 2011, um, I met my future wife and I actually supervised her on that, but I wasn't allowed to say anything. So for like a year and a half, we, um, I had to just not tell her how I felt and I had to be professional around her and try to just like not, I don't know if it's the same in the military. Is it the same in the military? Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely like some, some boundaries, especially if you're talking about different ranks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. where it's really tricky. Yeah, and and you have to be like professional, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so I tried to do that, but it was a great moment of just like learning restraint and learning um, prudence and learning boundaries for, for for me, and that that now hopefully pays dividend in my marriage with my wife. We have five kids, but. So yeah, like How old is the oldest? The oldest is seven years old. <laughs> Damn. So he's cranking them out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I got five kids, seven and under. Um and yeah, That's like amazing. At that time, just uh I just wrap this up with this this like last thought here before we continue on to other things. But um my grandmother the matriarch of the faith in our family. She died in um, England while I was in the process of transitioning in like my visa status Mm -hmm. from like just a temporary visa to a religious worker visa. And I was told by the lawyers, like you can't leave the country, you can't cross a border. If you cross a border, yeah. Like you're gonna, you're gonna invalidate your visa and break the terms of, what we're trying to do and you won't be allowed back in the country and you might jeopardize future chances of getting a visa for doing that unless you have a really good reason. And so I didn't get to go to her funeral. Now her funeral was a high requiem mass, wow. traditional mass, but said by father de Mallory, who is an incredible fraternity of St. Peter priest who was based in England at the time. And, um, he, they, they, we had Fuarez Requiem sung at the mass. It was, it was in a beautiful historic church. It was a dignified and beautiful time. I, I know this because of the, the video, but I wasn't able to go. Now, providentially, in St. Paul, Minnesota, there was a traditional Latin mass that was happening at the same time as wow. the funeral. So I said to my buddy who, who founded um, Mass of the Ages, but it wasn't founded at that point. It wasn't even an apple in his eye yet. I, I said to him, like, we, come with me to this, please. Like, he was also in net? Yeah, he was, yeah. <laughs> wow, two post-netters? Well, it gets weird. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I'm he, here so for we're the best weird. men at each other's wedding. Wow, okay. That's, so that's, that's point number one. We married each other's co-leaders. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it just happened that we fell in love with the other person's like co-leader yeah which is just like super weird but um it's great i mean so he comes to me to this traditional land mass and um i was trying to toe the line of like telling people about the beauty of it but not shoving it down their th- throats and right um not trying to force it but let let it speak for itself mm-hmm. um and there isn't a lot of openness to the tra- traditional Latin mass among people. People just write it off. Oh, I don't understand it. I don't get it. But Cameron, the founder, I mean, he's he has a deep and always has, as far as I've known him, a deep love for the Eucharist. Like one of the 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 most inspiring people that I've met when it comes to love of the Eucharist and when we were on a team together, that was super evident. So I knew that if I invited him to this, it would be game over for him mm-hmm. because he'll see that that is the focus 
the sole focus of um, the mass. Everything culminates at that point, um, and it's very clear. So, so yeah, I I'll, I'll leave it there. We can stop there because I've been talking a lot. I'm sorry. You're doing this great. Is, uh, no, I greatly appreciate it. I think you're competing with Austin for the ability to go on monologues. Uh, so I want you to know that. Let's con- con- converse yeah. a bit more. It's okay, impressive. That. No, I think it's great. I think it's great. I'm here for it. I think the first part usually is more of the guest talking when you're talking about your story. You know what I mean? It's hard to converse about your story because I don't know it. But now I do. Praise, praise God. Um, but so you work for Mass of the Ages. That's what you do now. You're the director of operations. Is That's that correct? correct. Yes. Wow. Sir. Incredible. And so when did... Talk to me about the beginning of that. How did that come about in the world? Uh, Master of the Edges specifically? Yeah. Like what was the founding? Like what year did it start, for example? Well, I mean, it depends on how you, how you count it. Now, Cameron has loved the Eucharist so much and has been involved with film for a long time. He, he, he studied it. And when he came to NET, he, t- he, he would always sort of dream about one day doing a documentary on the Eucharist. Mm. Um to like show people the true presence right so he's he's always had this kind of drive to do that and then when he's he and i started going to the traditional land mass more seriously in um minnesota before he left he just began to just dive into like the studying of the differences he he and i went to maryville institute in United Kingdom, which, and studied divinity. And then for his, like, um, his, uh, sort of thesis, I suppose his thesis was on like the differences of the traditional land mass and the Novus Ordo. And oh, wow. how does that compare to what the council documents said? Said, Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of, then it just like was a no brainer to like marry those two things together. Mm hmm and make it about this documentary about the traditional land mass. Um, and so he, he, at that point I was, I was working like a lot for net. So I, I didn't really have time to um, help him in the very, in the very beginning. He was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this documentary about the traditional land mass. And I, I was invited to be a part of um, the initial kind of, ideas and script and whatever and this was a few years ago i can't remember how many years ago now um three four five probably five years four or five years ago and i just didn't have time to do it i didn't have time to look at it what were you doing for work at that point it was, i was working for net like i was, oh, I was okay. overseeing, yeah i was overseeing part of the ministry there just didn't have any time. And so he found people who did have time and had talent and he just ran with the project. So the project, did been, you have time, uh, no time, but talent or were you no time, no talent at that uh, point? No time, no talent. <laughs> okay, I think, so you I think that's both. just the story of my life. No time, no <laughs> talent. <laughs> Especially with so, yeah, five yeah. kids under seven. Yeah. Um, yeah. definitely what we no said time to Ed Sheeran, like no time, no talent. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him now. <laughs> That's so incredible. um yeah no i i didn't really have the i didn't have the time nor the talent to uh assist then and it wasn't i just it wasn't god's god's timing and it was hard to work for a uh organization like net ministries and hold the views that i did that i did yeah well, i'm sure it there's moments of cognitive kind of dissonance because the, i don't think they're mutually exclusive um, because I would almost say that one is heretical and the other one isn't. Yeah. Right. But they're not super compatible in all areas. There's, there's definitely like a Venn diagram of compatibility, but as is the case with most Venn diagrams, like the central, like overlapping pieces is the smaller part of the <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> circles outside. So there's a bit more space that just like, so I just didn't have the energy to like pass through Do both of those things, all of that. Yeah. That sounds exhausting. Yeah. It was exhausting. And you know, so that's the, that's the sort of inception of 
um, messy ages from my perspective anyway. Yeah, if we probably should have started with this. I'm kind of dumb for this, but what is Mass for the yeah, Ages? I don't think everybody <laughs> knows. Yeah. Mass of the Ages. Yeah, Mass of the Ages. I said Mass for the Ages. Well, not. You, you just said you don't think anyone knows, but some people will know. No, no, no. Not anybody knows, but I just know I have some Protestants. I know I have some people that, that okay. listen to this that don't know. Um, I, I think 70% will. Yeah. But well, I feel some, bad for some 30% who yeah. are like, what the hell are they even talking about? Um, <laughs> you know? So obviously millions of people know what it is. I mean, for, if I was explaining it to a Protestant, it would be like, well, you know how like church services in the Catholic church can be boring. Right. And, um, we, well, we make like these high quality resources to train, uh, priests to, um, say the mass beautifully in a way that causes people to drive, from several hours away on a weekly basis to come and uh, be a part of these services. So that's, that's what, that's what I'd say to a Protestant, to a, to a Catholic. It's basically, you know, mass, if you look, if you look at the country right now and the world, mass attendance is unacceptable, but not only is it unacceptable, it's dwindling. It's gone down more and more and more. Like we've had, we've just, it's an assault because we've had COVID which was the nail in the coffin of what happened before, which is basically the scandals that have been coming out in the church. Mm-hmm. Like I, I worked in a ministry where we do confirmation retreats. Parents are pulling their kids out of confirmation left, right, and center. They're leaving mass. COVID happened. They don't go to mass and they might not even switch it on on the stream anymore. And then right. they don't return when everything opens up again. So dwindling attendance in the church but traditional Latin mass parishes around the world are booming. They are overflowing. It's standing room only in most of them. So we create high quality like, and beautiful resources to train priests um, to celebrate the traditional Latin mass so that more can happen around the world and mass attendance can increase around the world. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good part to hit on because even though I'm pretty engaged with like the social medias and uh, the Catholic world, especially the young Catholic world, like I had no idea that it was things other than the YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah, you know, like that was really eye opening for me last night with like your whole strategy and plan. Yeah, of like how you plan to take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, there is that which we haven't even talked about that there's there's. Really, Mass of the like Ages started as, a, as, a, as films. So we have two documentaries that are out that you can find on latinmass.com. Um, and you can find the first episode on YouTube. On the and then depending on when you're listening to this, you might be able to find the second episode and the it third got, episode. Because it got yeeted, didn't it? The second it got one? yeeted. So yeah. we, we were six weeks in and we had 1.6 million views. And then it got it yeeted. It got locked up. It got, it got he got a copyright strike from a big name um, company for using some footage, which we we're now pursuing uh, legal, not legal, but just well, I suppose it is legal. We're sending a letter to this big name company to say, "Hey, this is fair use. Put us back up, please." And yeah, so that's what Master of the Ages is. V- yeah. Films first, documentary series. There's a trilogy. Two of them have been released at this point, and one will be released uh, in 2024. And then, and then the the thing I just shared with this this sort of strategy to increase mass attendance around the world. Yeah, training for for priests, for servers, and for attendees. What was the third priests, category? Servers, choirs, and choirs, attendees. How to sing? Yeah. How to serve? How to sing? How to say the Latin yeah, mass? Yeah. I thought that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. So I have not seen part one, which I'm now obviously going to see. So I saw yeah. part two, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, thoroughly. So that was really cool. I do want to talk more about some of that. I had like some several big things that I thought were like big takeaways for me from part two. Great. But first I want to talk about how you are a likable Holy Spirit loving trad person. So <laughs> I think it's really cool and really interesting that you did have that dilemma of being both net and traditional. Yeah. So I guess where, what talk to me, I guess describe going back to the Venn diagram. What is in the middle yeah. of those two things? What do you think is outside of it for not? It doesn't have to be net anymore, but just let's say the charismatic movement, kind of in general. Yeah. Um, where do you like where what overlaps? And then do you think? Because I would advocate that this answer is yes, but maybe you disagree with me. 
um, and you see things differently. But I think that there's some things that might be outside of that center on the trad side that for many, not for all, not for you, I don't think, but for many that should be inside. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't think like that. that and that's yeah. where I feel like I get into these debates with trads. Yeah. Is that I just don't, I feel like a lot of trads think that the whole, like the, at least the vast majority of the trad community gets it exactly right. And I, oh, okay. I advocate for the fact that I'm like, when Pope Francis criticizes the Latin mass community, I think that he makes some points that are true. It doesn't mean that I think he should restrict it. It doesn't mean that I think that it's, it should be a priority. I don't even think it should be on his desk or on his mind, considering the things that are happening in the world. But to me, if you are a part of that community, there should be some aspect of, like, yeah, we could get a little bit better at X, Y, or Z. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even though the German bishops is more offensive to the Lord, even though yeah. the Archdiocese of Chicago every weekend does things that are much worse. Mm-hmm. Than what most hey, of the I like worst bubbles. <laughs> the bubbles are great. Uh, you know, the gay homilies are are interesting uh, content for sure. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like there's there's often this like so much defensiveness uh, and and not this like acknowledgement. Sure, of, sure, sure. Like, yeah, okay. maybe we can yeah. improve like our joy and our like openness to the Holy Spirit performing miracles and doing things like that as well. Yeah, yeah, and we're probably. We're... <sighs> So this this Venn diagram thing, like you know, with yeah, the charismatic. I think it's a good. I think it's a good image. Yeah, and then you got your traditionalists, and then you know you have sort of conservatives, which would probably be in there as well. The the like intersection is assent to the magisterium of the church. Yeah. Right now, okay. So granted, some some people say, well, no, trads aren't like you know for the magisterium of the church, because if you look at this SSPX, like traditionalist person who I know, and they, they actually reject um, this part of the magisterium. Well, what I mean by this magisterial assent is that there's at least some kind of assent to it, even if they define it differently, because do you consider- the concept of magisterium is defined differently by different people. And this sure. is, this is, this is a, an issue. Now, Belief in the sacraments is another thing, right? Right. And I'm going to say something crazy, but all Catholics are called to be traditional and charismatic, right? In the truest sense of those words. By Catholic, you can't be a Catholic without being many people. a person of tradition, <laughs> right? To And charismatic, I mean, all that means yeah, is... Like tradition is uh scripture and tradition like it's 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 basically 50 yeah, percent yeah. of and what we're all charismatic about. tradition all that is means is like if you if you are confirmed you are charismatic you are you are of the gifts the of the holy charisms spirit. of the holy spirit now i don't mean charismatic as a movement as that happened in the 60s that all catholics are supposed to be that i don't mean that all Catholics are supposed to be Pentecostals, whatever you would define as a you know grumpy traditionalist, singing the snakes like, and having seizures. Yeah, the all that. Yeah, like <laughs> no, um, caught the ghost, baby. But <laughs> doing a jig, <laughs> down the aisle. get them praise hands going. You know what I mean? Freak out a little yeah. bit, or somebody's like, look possessed. Is it God? The, is it the devil? Who knows? You know, you're just on the ground. Okay, out. note on that. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, out your mouth. Have you seen that? Uh, his, his name's Andre. He's a, he's a, uh, this is my rock rock music. Andre 3000. Uh, he does, he does like music. Um, and he'll <laughs> take like. I already know I have not seen this. Okay. Oh, no, but this is. I can't <laughs> show like you. This I want to like, can we pause so I can show you? Because it's just hilarious. Uh, it's, um, it's, um, it's amazing. What's it called? Um, just search Andre Church Metal. Okay. Um, and it, I mean, we've got to watch it right now because like just your reaction for after it will Andre be great. Andre Church Metal. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And then show me it. Show me the screen. I'll tell you which one it is. Oh, wait, um, what just happened? The search bar. All right, let's see here. 
church. Is it one of these? It is yeah, the most metal church in the world. Okay, watch, watch, watch. Oh, yeah, I got to in this one. This is the... Like, you don't need to be charismatic like this is about to be charismatic, but watch. This guy just takes... Wait, pause it a second. So all he does is he finds these, like, genuine videos, and then he puts music over them, but keeping them in their original... He finds the music in it and makes it into something, but watch it. It's... Wait for it. Wait for it. So he's not actually in any church. No. Wait for it. Because she does the, like, speaking in the spirit. She gets the tongues going? Yeah. Amazing. Isn't that amazing? This guy's a genius. This guy's a musical genius. And also, I don't know what church this is, but not okay. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> wow. So yeah, so Google the most metal church in the world yeah. if you wanna be disturbed. <laughs> Were you disturbed by that? I can see I've like hurt, hurt your soul somehow. That bothered me for sure. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't Catholic. I was yeah. kind of nervous for a while that, that yeah. you were taking me to no the Archdiocese of Chicago. No, 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 no. Thankfully not. And that guy, he just he doesn't just he's not picking on. He's not trying to pick on Christianity. He he has like um you know auctioneers and like different uh he has like Karen metal. Like if you search Karen <laughs> metal, it's um it's amazing. It's the best. Like few minutes you can spend uh, when you're on the ceramic throne. So <laughs> amazing. Um, anyway, back to what we're saying. Yeah, Venn diagram. diagram. It's a basic, you know, basic truths. The sacramental life. Um, now that that's that's probably it. And then there's the expression of that, and then the emphasis on certain elements of those truths that differentiates a conservative to a traditionalist to. Um, you know, a charismatic. Now, are there things that, that trads should, um, you know, by and large, put in the middle? I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think there are things about their, you know, circle that aren't good. And there's things about charismatic circle that isn't good, but that's just human nature. And especially when we congregate in groups of people like we tend to just take on you know like a cultural sin yeah. clearly the cultural sin in u.s is going to be things like gluttony like it's clearly a cultural sin of the u.s are you saying that because i'm overweight um i wasn't going to say anything <laughs> publicly but being as you brought it up uh, <laughs> now that we have this awkward moment <laughs> no that makes sense yeah, I get that. I think, like, to me, I, I'm, in, I'm in some, like, random Facebook groups for Catholic things. And one moment that I specifically remember, I had just finished Power of Silence by Cardinal Seurat. I don't, never know how to say it. Is it Sarah, Seurat? I always say Seurat, and right. I call my wife Sarah, so. That's good. I don't call her Seurat. Interesting. I respect that. <laughs> um, so, Cardinal Seurat, I just finished Power of Silence, and somebody had posted about them in this like black catholic facebook group yeah. that i'm in that i really just enjoy reading comments in and occasionally triggering triggering people but one thing that like several people had attested to was they were like when you meet these two men i've met both of them like three people in the group had said this and they were like cardinal Seurat is an incredible mind his love for the liturgy is like unmatched um but cardinal gregory like had the joy of Christ. And, and they said that it was much more palpable, much more visible and mm. experiential, which like, I think so oftentimes in my conversations with trads, and I think I might've talked to you about this a little bit. I feel like that gets like downplayed to be like irrelevant. And I just like, can't comprehend that because I just like, to me, like 
like I, I think I told you like I had conversations with somebody who's um, involved in Master of the Ages about this one time. And we were talking about joy. I was like, joy is important, you know? And they were like, well, is joy a virtue? Like, why is joy so important? I'm just like, like St. Paul, when listing the fruits of the Holy Spirit, (laughs) when listing the fruits of the Holy Spirit, says, you know, these are the things that are symbols that the Holy Spirit is like alive within you. Is working. It was number two. Yeah. Love which is number one, which he previously says is the most important of all things. Yeah. And then when he lists after that was joy. And I think the whole list of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, um, can some, some of those things can be to some of these more extreme trads. And I don't think that all people are like this, but these, like, these are some like, like influential ones that I've talked to about this and debated this stuff with. Then like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, you know, like, I'm like, those are, you know, not things that people would always, like, I, I don't look at Cardinal Sarah and be like, oh, he seems, and he might be gentle. You know what I mean? I don't, I've never met him before. But I think that there's somebody, if you're not Catholic or if you're lukewarm Catholic and you're looking at these two men, there's something to that, um, that joy. And I think that your joy, you were talking about this story with a coworker recently um, that, that mentioned to you, you know, like, I want whatever you have. And like, that I think is like, when, when Jesus tells us, you know, they will know you by your fruit, like they will be attracted to us by the way we live our lives. Obviously, we also have to preach the gospel with words, but there's definitely something to being the type of person that people want to emulate. And I think there's lots of trads who do, you know, live that out very well. But I think there's some that don't recognize that like, hey, maybe we don't have to be so serious all the time. You know what I mean? Like life isn't just like constant suffering and asceticism. Yeah. And you know, there is no, there's no like trad mold there's no there's no mold for it and if you if you don't look like this then you're not a trad Um, i think people think that there is but i i I will admit that i agree that that does not exist as much as people do i even talked to my wife about that when we were talking about going to her first i think was her first traditional at mass uh like six months ago i remember she was like super she was like do i have to have a veil do i have to wear a dress do i have to and i'm like you don't have like you don't have to and i was like i've gone accidentally to twice in my life this is back when i wore shorts to mass um did you forget your veil? generally yeah i forgot my veil and i was in shorts imagine <laughs> the shame um but it legit like i walked into it one time was like not even really like faulting me for being in shorts because i was just like out in kansas city and did not have my rental car or anything and i was just like oh like just check mass times i was like oh there's a mass at six o'clock and i yeah. was like in shorts for the day and so i was just like i'm not gonna not go to mass you know what i mean because i'm in shorts um, which I might make a different decision today, but I, I wandered into St. Patrick's Oratory and it had to be a true Latin mass. I was like, well, now I'm even more embarrassed to be in shorts. <laughs> but I'm like, but nobody like, you know, grilled me and was just like, what, how dare you? You know, I think there's signs for dress codes. And I think there should be dress codes. I don't wear shorts to mass at all anymore. Um, but I think that people think that there's this, like, you have to be X, Y, or Z. And it's like, you really don't. And I've appreciated people like yourself, I think, who have broken that for me even after I've accepted that that's true. That's not true. You know, yeah. and just kind of seeing that is it's so important, but I think I get so frustrated because uh, this tragedy I was debating the joy stuff with, and I've heard people say this before too, which is the antithesis of mass of the ages in my opinion is kind of being like, well, we don't want, we're not trying to like, like I'll be like, Oh, you can draw more people to the faith if you're joyful and like live out the fruits of the Holy spirit and they'll be like, well, we don't, we're not trying to draw more people to be trad. Like, we're okay if people aren't trad. I'm like, I'm sure you're okay with it, but isn't the goal holiness? And don't you believe that the traditional Latin mass makes you holier? In a sense, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that it's an easier path, at least, to, towards holiness. That it, it has at least some positive effects, right, for holiness, or else you wouldn't go to it. And so I'm like, so shouldn't you want <laughs> more people to go to? And so that's kind of where I feel like the disconnect can be a lot. But I think that statement that we're all called to be traditional and charismatic really solved a lot of the issues for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for both of us, just to address something that you said there, that I do think that for some, um, what you got to realize that in a lot of traditionalist communities, they've got big families, they've got jobs. Yeah. They've got, they want to instill five kids under seven. I've got five kids under seven, no talent, um, and no talent (laughs) and no time. Um, and they got to, so how can you be happy? How yeah, can I expect exactly. You to smile? I'm just like, 
pissed off all the time. So, you know what? F you, man. <laughs> Why are you even doing this? Yeah. Flip the mic. Yeah, you're yeah. just a freaking charismatic, crazy guy. Exactly. Um, but but they just want to get on with their faith and raise their family and do whatever they need to do in order to get themselves and their families to heaven. And they have they have things in their family that are complicated. Mm-hmm. They have sin in the family, extended family. They have, um, you know, they have mental health things in the family. They have physical health things in the family. They just want to raise their kids, get on with their life, and get to heaven. And in a certain sense, the old way of the church was like it was set up to do that. It wasn't apostolic. For, the, for hundreds of years, it's not been apostolic. We, it was just maintenance. It was like, get on with your life, be holy, and go do well. Now we're in an age where some people are needed to be apostolic. We're in an apostolic age. We're not in an age of maintenance Christianity. We're in an age of Christianity is um, being broken down. It's not accepted in society. It We need to win people to the cause. And that's what you're talking about, which is a really important point. But for some of the trads, it's like, it's not, it's not really possible without a lot of like paradigm like paradigmic shifting in their mind, like shifting the paradigm to a point of having to reorient themselves in a way that may not work for their family. I'm not excusing any uncharitable behavior that people receive from chats. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying the situation isn't as easy as like um, pointing a finger at them and saying, well, you're doing Christianity wrong. You know, that's, both sides are doing this. They're, well, no, you're doing Christianity right, wrong because absolutely. you don't like tradition. Well, you're doing Chris, Christianity wrong because you don't smile. Like, it's, we're all doing Christianity wrong, okay? <laughs> like, yeah, the, we're, we're, we're all trying to do it correctly to the best of our ability. Some more than and, others. And some more than others <laughs> and some with a different emphasis in a different area. Right, some days I'm the more, and some days I'm the others. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, that's really interesting. So we're all called to be traditional and charismatic. That is the takeaway from the day. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's incredible. Thank you. I love it. Yeah, that's super helpful. So I think uh, that we just solved most of the church's problems in um, just under an hour. So maybe we could do I this think again you do that. I think you do that every time you do your podcast. I think wow. you solve just... <laughs> just... I'm just moving yeah, the ball down yeah, the field. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Just... Do you get that? It's American football reference. Right. Yeah, Are you yeah. a Cowboys fan? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm <laughs> a Cowboys a fan or answer. Yeah. I, well, I was trying I... to think. So my son has a Cowboys jersey. <laughs> Um, and we haven't like committed to, do your kids have any accent? Yeah. It's a Minnesotan accent right now. Are you serious? It'll be Texan soon. So, wow. So there's going to be a whole mix. They of say tomato, British they, and they say tomato, Minnesotan, tomato, Minnesota's, they yes. talk like Canadians. What's yeah. the, uh, so tell me about, um, just briefly, we're going to wrap up here, but yeah. I'm going to hit you. Austin had this idea to do like rapid fire at the end. Okay. So I kind of like this. Hot seat. Yeah. So it's yeah. like a, you know, 60 second or less answer. Um, and I come up with the questions on the spot, which is uh, fun for both of us. What is the UK's perspective on the United States and Canada? Do you view us as equals, or do you understand that we are superior? Um, you're Canadian, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, we do think that Canadians are Americans, and Americans are Canadians, in our ignorance. So we think the same, that you're all fat and stupid, so. <laughs> Incredible. And now you live in Texas where there's even more fat people. Yeah, probably, probably yeah. Yeah. Canadians are at least, I think they're less obese, for yeah, sure. Yeah. I think we're leading but they the say, pack. To us, they largely sound the same. And so if we met a Canadian, we would do what Americans do to Brits, which is like, oh, are you Australia. from Australia? <laughs> no. <laughs> is that offensive? Is that an offensive Not question? to me, but it would be offensive to an Australian. Can you do an Australian accent and show me how it's different? Not really, no. <laughs> is that like when we get put on the spot to do a yeah, British no, accent? I'm, yeah, it's I'm like not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I should. We should have drank first, and then if you. All right, come on, hot seat me. Give me. Give me another question. Yeah. You're, quick okay. Fly. So, uh, are you against receiving communion on the hand? Uh, yes. Like no circumstances. Um. Well, I mean, I think there's obviously circumstances. I don't. I don't think um, it's helpful, or um, I don't think that uh, it's in. It's the best way to communicate what we believe in the Eucharist. Do you think, because I just interviewed Jacob Imam today, do you think it's immoral to invest in the stock market? I do not think it's immoral to invest in the stock market, though I'd be willing to discuss um, somebody's reasonings behind it. I also think that Bitcoin, I, I am heavily invested in cryptocurrency, so like I also think that that's... That's good. And I think that sometimes there might even be a moral imperative to invest in mm. um, the stock market or yeah, cryptocurrencies, but that would need to be debated and talked about. Very interesting. Do you listen to any secular music now? And if so, who? Um, yeah, I listen to some Bach and some <laughs> Chopin um, along with my Palestrina and... <laughs> That's amazing. Um, no, I do listen to... I sometimes listen to it, but I'm I'm kind of discerning of it. Um, like when when I do, I I used to love like old school hip hop, so that's one which I do come back to quite a bit. Um, but then I'm discerning of like what am I what am I listening to? What am I exposing my kids to? Obviously, right. rock music was big. I don't listen to Incubus or Red Hot Chili Peppers like I once did. Yeah. Um, hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, unfortunately, my conversation with Dan Driver got cut off there. And so that is the abrupt end of the episode. We uh, had some technical issues. I was still figuring out how to use my recorder when I was at Napa. And the uh, battery died. So that was a bummer. But I hope you enjoyed that episode. You know, for me, it was really awesome to hear all the different stuff that Mass of the Ages is doing. And uh, just to get to talk with uh, Dan about the work that they're you know putting out right now and um, their dreams and visions for the future. One thing that I really loved about um, Dan and this really stuck, struck me from our conversation was the idea that every Catholic is called to be both traditional and charismatic. And I think that really gives all of us something to think about in how might we be limiting the Holy Spirit, the movements of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the charisms that God wants to offer us as well as how might we be running from orthodoxy or traditionalism in our own lives and fighting against centuries of church teaching, the truth that our faith gives us, and how can we better apply it to our lives. And so I hope that it was very fruitful for you. And um, yeah, continue to fight hard to be your best. Know of our prayers for you. And look forward to another solo episode this coming Monday. Missed this past week because I'm a bum and just had poorly... uh, Poor timing. We had a lot of um, contractors and stuff at the house this week, so missed the solo episode this week. But we'll be back at it on Monday with a very fired up solo episode because I got lots of thoughts this week. All right. Look forward to it. Stay blessed. Be your best.